This is the Orthodox Conundrum on JewishCoffeehouse.com. I'm Scott Kahn, and today's episode of the Orthodox Conundrum will be somewhat different from those that came before for several reasons. First of all, this is the first time that I'm not going to be interviewing anybody. Instead, I expect to tell a story, something that happened in the past few days, and try and derive certain lessons and look at the consequences of that particular story. Along with that, this is going to be a shorter episode than normal. And finally, I certainly hope that this episode will be the first episode of the Orthodox Conundrum, which can come out on a regular basis. It's very easy to say that about the first episode, because by definition, it's coming out at the time it's supposed to come out. But hopefully from now on, we'll have things coming out on a more expected, scheduled basis. I apologize for the fact that it's been quite a while, a couple months, since our last Orthodox Conundrum. That was the Orthodox Conundrum that I did with Tali Rosenbaum. It was actually our most popular podcast ever. The reason that's taken so long to go forward from there is that we have so many other exciting projects here at Jewish Coffee House that I've been occupied with other things, putting together new podcasts. Among them is a new podcast series, which I'm going to be doing with Tali Rosenbaum called Intimate Judaism. We're working on that, and that will come out hopefully in the next few weeks. Along with that, I also have a new podcast series with David Ze'ev of Kol Yisrael and Khan Radio fame. He now is doing a podcast called David Ze'ev in Israel, where he interviews important newsmakers in Israel and around the Jewish world. Along with that, we have other projects in the pipeline, very exciting things, as well as the podcast, which we've always been releasing, Chokmat Nashim, Cup of Salvation, Real Relationships, Holy Madness, Nice Jewish Fangirls, Maimonides Minute, and more. Plus, The Scott Conversation, which is my self-titled podcast, is actually undergoing a change. We're going to be splitting that into two different podcasts, more details to come. That will probably take place later in the summer or perhaps the beginning of the fall, but It's going to be very, very exciting, and I'm excited about the new direction that we're moving that podcast in. All that means that the Orthodox Conundrum has not been released regularly, and as I said, I plan on changing that starting now. And today's episode is about a very specific instance, which happened not even to me, but to my daughter, Tali. Let me tell you what happened the other day. My daughter, Tali, I'm very proud to say she's in 11th grade. She has taken on herself going to Minyan, to Davin, Bitsibor, whenever possible. That means that Almost every day, unless she has a test and she's not home, she comes with me to Mincha. I daven around the corner every day at a certain shul, a very nice shul. In terms of characterizing the shul, I'm not quite sure what hashkafic variety it really counts as. I suppose it's kind of Haredi light. It's not really anything. It's more the neighborhood shul where people just daven. So Tali comes with me every day to that shul. She also tries to daven whenever possible. Tefillah B'Tzibor, Shacharit, and Mariv. Mariv, she goes by herself to a different shul. For Shacharit, she's usually in school and is unable to daven B'Tzibor, but she does whenever she can. In any case, the other day, it was actually on Monday, I was flying home from Chutzlaretz, and I'd already davened Mincha at the airport, Ben-Gurion. And when I came home, Tali wasn't home because she actually was at Mincha at this shul. And when she came home, she was very upset because she was in the Ezrat Nashim, which in this particular shul is... The back room. In other words, the shul really consists of two rooms, the main shul and a social hall, which is the Ezrat Nashim. And when women are there, they open up the windows to that Ezrat Nashim so that the women inside the Ezrat Nashim can hear. And this is the place where they have kiddushes, if there's a kiddush on Shabbos or if there's a bar mitzvah. This is the room where it's hosted. This day, when Tali was at Mincha, there was a meeting going on in that room, a meeting with men and women, primarily men. And it was a group of people I believe, from a yeshiva or seminary who decided, for whatever reason, to have a meeting in that room. And Tali came in, tried to listen to the minion, tried to answer 
tefillah b'tzibur, she stood, the Devarim Shabbat Dusha. But it was very hard to concentrate because this meeting was going on. And frankly, I don't believe the people there were particularly taking care to make sure that they were quiet so that she would be able to daven in peace and daven with proper intention. Now, I can't speak for them. Maybe they were taking care, but certainly her impression was that they were not being careful about this. After I heard the story, I was very upset. And the reason I was really upset was not because things happen every once in a while, but because this is a constant struggle in this shul and in other synagogues. I am constantly trying to tell people who are learning in this Ezrat Nashim that when it's time for Mincha, they have to vacate it. And for some reason, people who learn in this back room, and let's say for whatever reason they're not davening Mincha with the minion because they already daven somewhere else or whatever, I don't know, they think they can just be quiet or don't care at all or don't understand what I'm saying when I say there's a woman here who wants to daven. They don't see why they have to get out. They don't understand why just trying to be quiet isn't good enough. They don't understand that if they were on the men's side and it was time for mincha, they would not learn bechavruta or give a sheer out loud, even if they tried to be quiet because it would be ludicrous. It would be absurd to do such a thing. And yet, in the women's section, when a woman is davening there, I'll just try to be quiet or I'll keep the sheer down a bit so that you're not bothered that much. This has been going on and on. And as a result of that, when I heard this story, as they say in Hebrew, I'd simply had enough. So I walked down to the shul and I gave the people in that room, I marched in and I just gave them a piece of my mind. And I said, how can you not vacate this room when a woman is davening here during mincha? How can you sit here and not understand that that's not appropriate? The unfortunate end of this story is that in this particular case, they had reserved with the shul in advance, I found out later on. The one time I decided to go and really give it to them as opposed to asking nicely, it turns out they actually had reserved the room in advance. So I later on, of course, went to apologize to them to say, I didn't realize you reserved the room, therefore my machloket, my argument isn't really with you, my argument is actually with the shul, who should never rent out a room during mincha such that women can't have a place to pray. Regardless of that detail, this is an ongoing issue. And yes, I said the shul is Haredi light, but this is not exclusive to a Haredi point of view. There's another shul locally around here. It's called the Beit Knesset Merkazi, the central shul. And men are constantly davening in the Ezrat Nashim. Now, if a woman would come, it's very likely they would leave. And I know the rabbi of that shul in the past has told them not to daven in the Ezrat Nashim because then a woman will not feel comfortable going in there. But the fact is, every time I daven there, I don't daven there that often, but every time I go there, men who don't feel like going into the main sanctuary just go to the women's section and they put on their tefillin there and they daven there. Well, if a woman comes in and sees 15 men davening in the Ezrat Nashim, what's she supposed to do? She can either tell them to get out or more likely she'll turn around and not go in. So this is not a Haredi issue. The Merkazi Shul here is certainly Dati Lumi, national religious, modern orthodox, if you will, in an Israeli setting. This is an ongoing problem for all streams of orthodox Judaism. And this is the problem. If we are telling women that they must be on the women's side of the Mechitzah, and that is what halacha demands, 
If we then afterwards tell them that even on the women's side, they're second-class citizens, all of our protests and claims that we actually have this tremendous respect for women is totally hypocritical. It's garbage. It's mere apologetics that have no basis in reality. Personally, I'm not someone who follows the derech, the way of those people who are graduates of Yeshiva Chovevei Torah. I know they take these issues very seriously. Their halachic solutions are not halachic solutions with which I identify, by and large. For those people who live in an orthodox world that is not following the chovevei derech of giving more empowerment to women in the synagogue itself, for those people who follow the streams of Judaism which say the woman has to be on the side of the mechitza, the Ezrat Nashim, and not participate in the service in any way, okay, that's one thing. If that's what halacha says, We'll accept that. But how can we accept that and at the same time, even on the women's side of the mechitza, treat them with less dignity than they deserve? Treat them with less dignity than we give to men? You know, Rav Schechter wrote an essay in his book, Bikvei Hatzon, about the reason that he strongly disagrees with the concept of women's prayer groups. And the very first reason he gave, it's number one of a long series of arguments against it, is that by so doing, women are no longer able to daven bitzibor. In other words, if women have a women's prayer group, then they're not able to answer devarim shibik dushah. They can't do the things that a person can only do in a minyan. And if that's true, Rav Shechter is saying that women davening b'tzibor, women davening in a congregation with a minyan, is a very important thing. Because his first argument is this. If they daven by themselves, they're foregoing the various mitzvot that they can do by answering Kaddish and Kedusha and Baruch and so on and so forth. Which means that if a woman davens b'tzibor, that should be celebrated. That's a good thing. We should tell women, please, we want you to come to shul. They may not have an obligation to daven in a minyan. But if they daven in a minyan, it's much better than davening by themselves because they can answer the varim shibik dushah. So when my daughter Tali and other women and girls like her follow this dictate and follow this way of seeing things, and want to daven with the minyan, with no intention of trying to knock down the machitza, and no intention of trying to take more roles in the synagogue than they're offered. How can we try and throw this back in their face by not even respecting them on the women's side? Does anyone realize how utterly disrespectful this is to them? How it's saying to them, I know that we tell people that we treat you like a queen, but in reality... You're just a second-class citizen because even on your side of the mechitza, we're not going to really treat it like a shul. We're going to treat it as the place where I'm going to learn or I'm going to daven, and if you show up, I'll reluctantly walk out or maybe I'll try to be quiet, doing things I would never dare do on the men's side of the mechitza. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. The point of this whole story is not to criticize the people in the shul. It happens to be there was a shear that was taking place there, a dafyomi shear. And when I explained to the Magid shear, the person giving the shear, the problem with trying to be quiet while my daughter was davening, to his genuine credit, he immediately said, of course, we'll find some other place to learn. And since that day, about two weeks ago, he holds his dafyomi shear in a different place. He understood immediately. It just had to be pointed out to him. But there are so many other people who say, 
Well, I'll just try and be quiet. Even when I was talking to the Gabai of the shul, and the Gabai of the shul, I'll point out, is extremely supportive. He was great. Every time my daughter goes in there, if he sees it, he makes sure the air conditioning is turned on. He opens the window. He wants to make sure she can hear. All this is wonderful. And his attitude when I told him that there are men in there while she's davening, he was like, and I, and, I, and I said, maybe we should have a policy, an official sign to put up saying men get out when a woman comes in. He was aghast and said, we need to teach people this. It's, isn't it obvious? So the Gabai of the Shul is phenomenal when it comes to these things. But even as I was explaining this to him, a person who was listening in sympathetically said, oh, can't we just put up another mechitza or we should put up another mechitza next to the woman so that the men learning will be off on the side. They don't understand. You're still in the women's section and they're still making noise. They wouldn't do that in the men's side. Say, guys are learning here, so we'll put up a little curtain over here or a small flimsy wall and you can learn behind that loudly. No, it's about respect. It's about allowing women to daven. So all of this is not about this shul where, in fact, the people in charge and certainly that Magid Shir, who's a friend of mine, when I explained it to him, was wonderful. The problem is the larger issue. People in the Orthodox world who do not ascribe to the Chovavei philosophy and the Chovavei halachic methodology, like to say that we treat women with tremendous respect. And if we don't give them the Ezrat Nashim as an authentic place where women come first, where their davening is the priority, where men understand not only should they get out when they come in? They shouldn't even be there in the first place during davening because a woman might feel reluctant to have to kick them out. Unless we understand that, then everything we say about giving women this tremendous respect is just garbage for public consumption. It's a PR move. It's a headline. The bottom line is that I'm thrilled that my daughter Tali is careful to daven Bitsibor whenever she can. And I think it's something that we in the Orthodox community must encourage. We have to push this forward. These are not women who are trying to knock down the various safeguards and other laws that we have. They want to live within them. This attitude should be strengthened. So I'm extremely discouraged when men lack the awareness that women in prayer deserve the same respect and opportunity and kavanah as do the men. And let's face it, this is about more than mechitza. This is about more than men davening in the Israel Nashim. It's about a foundational, fundamental attitude. Do we really respect Orthodox women to the same degree that we respect Orthodox men? Is it lip service? Or is it real? This transcends mechitza people. This transcends this particular issue. It's about the way we see things. It's about changing the way that we view gender differences in Judaism. I'm not suggesting that we change what halacha demands of us. Of course not. I am suggesting that the way that we have interpreted it, the way that we think about it, has led us too often to make women not as important in Judaism as men. I know you don't really think that, but deep down you do really think that if this is the way you look at things. Attitude change. It may start with the issue I brought up today. And certainly I'm not suggesting again that we change the halakhic demands that we have. 
but it has to go further than any one issue. It has to go into the basic ways that we think about the world. So I'm going to conclude this podcast by speaking to the Orthodox Jewish men who are listening. If you are a man who davens in the Israel Nashim when there are no women ostensibly present, I would strongly suggest you reconsider. That is the place for them. And if they show up while you're davening there, maybe you are preventing them from davening in the minyan. If you are a man who learns in the Ezrat Nashim during Mincha, get out and find another place to learn. I don't care if there's a woman there or not. The point is, that is their space. And during tefillah, that place is sacrosanct. It should be exclusively for women. If we don't do this, if we're not careful about these things, then we are just hypocritical. It's time to change, people. It's time for a fundamental attitude shift. Yes, it's about the Ezrat Nashim, but it's really about the way you think about a woman's place in Judaism. So no more saying how great we treat women when you won't get out of the space reserved for women during davening which itself is indicative of a larger problem. It's time to deal with that larger problem. I'm Scott Kahn, and you've been listening to The Orthodox Conundrum on jewishcoffeehouse.com.